You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode. And this week I am joined by regular co-host Nick Riley. Hello Nick. Hi Simon. Yeah, good to be back on. Yeah, excellent. And uh, this week we have as our guest Joe Cassell, uh, author of and publisher of the Take Control series of books. Uh, Nice to have you on, Joe. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, Thanks for inviting me on. No problem. No problem at all. Um, Well, uh, we talked just before the show about the format, so uh, I guess we'll just start off by saying, uh, would you like to tell the listeners pretty much, uh, you know, about uh, what it is you do and your series of books? Sure. So uh, my my business is called Take Control Books. Uh, It was started back in 2003 by Adam and Tanya Angst of Tidbits fame, and uh, after you know after running tidbits for for quite a few years, they decided that they wanted to try a little experiment in electronic publishing. And they asked me and a bunch of other authors if we would like to get in on this and and write some books, some ebooks, which at at that time were kind of a novelty. And so we did. And uh, long story short, it took off. And uh, I I wrote the very first Take Control book back in 2003. It wasn't my first book. I'd written other books about the Mac before that. But uh, so I've been writing books for for Take Control as well as other publishers for you know 15 years, um, and then last year uh, Adam and Tanya decided that they wanted to get out of the book publishing business and they offered to sell it to me. So in addition to being a public uh, an author, I, I had written uh, well over 50 books in this series over those years. Uh, I also became the publisher. So Take Control Books. Uh, publishes ebooks on mostly Mac topics, uh, but we have some that are uh, cross-platform or platform neutral. Also, uh, books about iOS and Apple TV and Apple Watch and so forth. Excellent. But it's it's yeah. definitely definitely a very a very Apple focused uh, publisher, and they're books that just try to try to make sense of confusing things and and help people uh, make the most of their technology. Yeah, very good. Um, so wow, uh, f- over fifty books in the series then. Oh well, that that's just the ones I've written. I mean, uh, Take Control Books as a whole has published uh, uh, more than two hundred books over the last fifteen years. I've I've written more than anybody else. Um, that was mainly because I I didn't have another job. I read, <laughs> all the other authors were like busy doing other stuff and being gainfully employed and so forth, and I I wasn't. So I had nothing better to do with my time, and people were buying the books, so I I just kept writing books. But then it it basically turned into my full time job. But yeah, so we we've had uh, we've had well over a dozen authors uh, write many many books on many topics. And uh, if you know if there there's some sort of Apple app or technology uh, that is 
both important and confusing, we've probably covered it. Yeah, well, that, that's very good. Um, I did see, um, uh, I noticed you'd done one, uh, does it take control of networking? Um, well, we do have a number of books on networking. Uh, the our, our kind of go-to guy when it comes to networking is Glenn Fleischman. Now, Glenn Fleischman is is really well known. He's done a lot of podcasts. He's uh, obviously he writes for Mac World. He's written for The Economist and like a whole bunch of other places. He's written a number of of networking books. His latest for us is called Take Control of Wi-Fi Networking and Security. And so this is about you know how to set up. Uh, a, a Wi-Fi network and keep it secure and all the complexities that that, that could involve, whether you're using Apple products uh, or not. I mean, used used to write books about just the Apple airport stuff and time capsule. And when those went away, he sort of broadened it to, to cover more generic uh, products. But he also, uh, he, he writes his own books that uh, he, he's, he publishes himself and then we uh, redistribute for him um, called Practical Guides. So he has a Practical Guide to Networking, Privacy, and Security in iOS 11. And uh, he'll be updating that real soon for iOS 12. So um, uh, a, number of, a number of our books talk about networking in some fashion. I mean, I have a book that I wrote up about online privacy and we have uh, you know, a book on Apple Home Automation and so forth. But um, that's just one of one of many topics we address. Oh yeah, I've ju- I've got the page up here. I can see uh, take control of iOS twelve, uh, Mojave early access, uh, upgrading to Mojave, uh, productivity, Wi-Fi networking and security, mail, numbers, pages. Uh, well, yeah, as you say, pretty much anything. <laughs> Lightroom, yeah. CC, one password. Uh, yes, I see here Glenn Fleischman's networking, privacy, and security in iOS eleven. Um, excellent, an excellent yeah. uh, selection of books. Uh, and so those those are all ebooks, right? You can't get a paper copy of any of these, right? So right right now they're all ebooks. There was a period of time during which we also offered print books. There was a, a company that we worked with that offered print on demand. Basically, we sent them a, a PDF, and they would they would print them and, and mail them as uh, customers ordered them, and and that worked well for a while. That company went out of business. And due to reasons, uh, we we did not we did not uh, replace them with anybody. Um, I mean that was that was back before I was in charge. And now that I am in charge, we've actually just done a survey of our customers. And one of the questions I asked was, how many of you would be interested in a, a print option again? And and boy, a lot of people really are interested in print books, which kind of surprises me, uh, but they are. So it's uh, it's a little more complicated nowadays than it used to be to take something that was intended to be an ebook and and make it a good print book because like you know in our ebooks we've got links all over the place we have internal links we have external urls uh, we don't need to worry about indexes because you can just search the the pdf or the epub or the moby pocket file um, and we don't have to worry about you know different margins for facing pages and like all there's all kinds of stuff that's different between uh, ebooks and print and so if we if we are going to get back into print, which I very much hope to do, um, that's it's going to require some some effort on our part to uh, to make sure that the print versions are actually good. They're not just like <laughs> they're, they're they're we don't want to phone it in. We want to make good quality uh, usable books. So uh, that's something that we are definitely going to be working on. But I'm not exactly sure yet when that will start. No, well, that's fair enough. As you say, uh, you know, ebooks it's a bit like PDFs, isn't it? it? You know, turning a PDF into a print document, there's uh, a little bit more to it than simply uh, running it through the printer. 
Yeah, a, a lot of people just take our ebooks, like the, take the PDF and print them out on their own printers, which is fine. We allow you to do that. Uh, we we you know we don't want you to sell them, but if if it's just for your own personal use, that's great. And we've formatted it, formatted the books in such a way that whether you're on the North American like eight and a half by eleven inches format or the European A4 format, it'll work out either way. Um, so there there is that option, but it is a pain to print out a couple hundred pages, and uh, we and you know it's not going to be the the right size or the right feel or whatever. So we we do want to see if we can address that better. No, oh, well, I'm sure a, a lot of people will look forward to that. I think that uh, you know it's very nice to have an ebook because you can have it as you say, you can search it, you can follow the links, you can do do whatever. But um, you know, when you're talking about a sort of a reference material, I think a lot of people like me also like to have a you know, it's nice to have a hard copy that you can uh, right pull out. Uh, well, we 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 totally understand both points of view. I mean. What I, I've written a number of of you know conventional dead tree books. To my my first book was six hundred pages long. Later on, I wrote another book that was nine hundred pages long. And and the problem with the paper books is that they're about technology, and technology is constantly changing. And so if I take nine months to write a nine hundred page book, and it's finally published the day after it's published, Apple's probably going to change something, <laughs> yeah. and half of the book is going to be wrong. I mean, this has happened to me over and over again. It's really frustrating, and it's frustrating for readers too because they they don't know if they can really rely on the stuff in a paper book. Well, ebooks are much easier to update and we we treat our ebooks like software. So if we have a if we find a bug like a serious typo or something, uh we'll just send out a free update to everybody who who bought the book and if uh, a year has gone by or two years and whatever it is we're writing about has changed a whole lot and we need to totally revise it and make a new edition, then we'll charge people who have already purchased it an upgrade fee, just like you would pay an upgrade fee for software instead of making you buy the whole thing again. So it's really neat that we can do that in the ebook format. We really can't do that with print books, but uh, but then again, uh, print books solve a different set of problems. So yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to try to offer both. Well, that's, that, uh, yeah, I, I like you, I can totally see the relevance of, of both. And of course the, it is, um, particularly when you're talking about technology reference works. Yeah, the problem is that the technology changes sometimes almost by the week. So, yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, and Apple uh, in particular have a habit of changing things with that with no pre-announcement whatsoever. It's just, <laughs> we've changed everything. Thanks then, boys. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I I have often felt that Apple must be spying on us and they, they just watch for, for, you know, when we release a new book on some topic, they say, okay, guys, it's time to totally revise that product. Like, you know, we, we've been waiting to release our new version until the week after Take Control comes out with a book. <laughs> it has happened, I can't even tell you how many times. You know, here's our new book on pages. And then literally the next week, a major new revision to pages comes out. Yeah. So, Hello, everybody. We've read, done another version of pages. Thanks. Dave. That's right. <laughs> Thanks a bunch. <laughs> exactly. Oh, dear. Well, um. So obviously, I see you've got one here for iOS twelve um, yes. and and Mojave uh, early access. So I mean, do Apple give you you know um, much heads up about this sort of thing? Do they let you have um, thing, or do you do you have to do pretty much the same as everybody else and just go we, with the, we, with the uh, sort of uh, developer betas and uh, yeah, pick it we, out we do there? the same as everybody else. Uh, I, I I wish we had contacts at Apple. Uh, I, I mean. 
we 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 like Apple. Apple likes us. We uh, sell our books on the iBookstore as well as on our own site, as well as on Amazon. Um, and uh, you know, obviously, we're, we're huge Apple fans, since most of our books have to do with Apple products. But uh, we don't we don't have like any people inside Apple giving us special inside information. We don't know anything that anybody else does that doesn't know. But it's just uh, we you know when we're going to cover a topic. Um, we, we do a lot of experimentation. We do a lot of research. We do a lot of testing. And most of the time, uh, that research uncovers some things that not everybody does know, but, uh, we don't have any special, um, you know, any special, uh, relationship with Apple that, that smooths that process. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're too, too small of an operation to, to kind of rate anything like that in Apple's eyes. Yeah. Otherwise I guess you'd, you'd not have that problem. Would you, you, they, they'd say, don't publish that book yet, Joe. Right. <laughs> there's, oh, a yes, new version, there's a new version of pages coming next, you know, don't release that. <laughs> that would be lovely of them. I, I would, I would appreciate that. Yes. I'm sure but, that uh, would be really nice, but uh, unfortunately not the way Apple tend to work. I admit. No, no. Oh, well, there we go. So um, obviously, uh, you know, a couple of weeks time, we we will be um, having the, uh, you know, my seat is booked on the sofa for the uh, September the 12th event. Um, right on. Uh, I suppose that will be uh, interesting for you as well, because I'm sure you don't oh, know any more than anybody else. But uh, I guess you might be looking there at take control of your Apple Watch version 4 or take control of Watch OS 5 or uh, all that sort of thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we don't know anything more than anybody else, but we do watch trends very carefully we i mean obvious obviously we knew as everybody else did that ios 12 and mojave were coming um and so we uh we put our what what we what we've done with these books uh the initial versions that you can see now is uh we've we've written we've published them uh even though the final release hasn't occurred yet because we we observe the internet and we we see like millions of people are already running the betas and so we feel like uh we we can offer help to these people we can explain how features work we can tell them what they probably should not do um we can give them um you know troubleshooting assistance and advice about using the the new operating systems even though they're not final yet and then uh once the the releases do occur we will we'll update the iOS 12 and Mojave books to uh, cover anything that has changed between the betas and the final release, but then we got to look at, uh, as you say, all of our other books. Uh, and and this is this kind of September October is always a, a, a very busy and kind of stressful and frustrating period for us because we have to look at every single book and figure out, okay, how badly out of date is this one now? And it's not just a matter of, well, this book has gone out of date, so then definitely we need to update it. Uh, we also have to look at things like sales. If if we have a book that's out of date but nobody's buying it, then uh, we have to we have to figure out if it makes financial sense for for the author to do the work for the for us to pay the editor, uh, to, you know, to do all the other production costs to update it. So uh, sometimes uh, books, you know, we'll we'll go through and update a lot of books. And depending on the scope of the update, those might be free updates, they might be paid updates. Uh, sometimes we'll just say, you know what, we're really sorry, everyone. This particular book, even though it's out of date, is not going to be updated. Sorry, but uh, we just can't, uh, we can't afford it. Other times we'll do things like, uh, you know, change, 
take take some of the content of one book and uh, morph it into something else. You know, we'll uh, split a book into or combine two books into one or take a book, take some of the content of a book and then, you know, send it in a different direction. Um, obviously, what we what we want to do is to make sure that everyone has the information they need to get their stuff done and um, and do that in a way that we can actually afford. So. Um, we, we, we make the best decisions we can under the circumstances. They're not always the ones we wish we could make, but, um, but we will certainly in the next couple of months be updating a lot of books. Yeah, I, I can imagine, I can imagine that, uh, you know, WWDC and, uh, you know, the September event are both, uh, exciting and somewhat challenging for a business like yours oh yeah so we, we always you know i watch the the keynote with uh, you know uh, a notepad and like i'm making every every time somebody mentions something like oh that book has to be updated now oh another <laughs> book has to be updated so uh, and, and of course there, the same thing will happen when with the with the uh you know the, the september 12th event so yeah I was going to say a bit, a bit like keynote bingo for you. Then is it right, you sit yes. there with a long a list? <laughs> you have a checklist of all your books, and you're going to like tick needs to be updated. Tick needs to be updated. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, uh, uh, Joe, can I step step us back to the beginning of the conversation? Uh, oh, please talk, do. When you were talking about um, what you do, can yes. I ask why you do it? Well, you know, I could give you any number of uh, contradictory true answers to that. Um, <laughs> So, uh, I mean, a, a true but kind of trivial answer is I like to eat. And um, <laughs> and so this this business generates money that buys me food and, oh, you know, absolutely. pays my mortgage. Uh, so I, I, um, I meant more along the lines, as I'm sure you appreciate, I meant more along the lines of. Uh, so if, if I had a number of books before me, why would I go for this series of books rather than another series of books? Yes, do you think? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I and I was I was just just teasing. So yes, <laughs> we for, first of all, we 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 think that we the authors of Take Control books are uh, are pretty smart people. Um, we have among our ranks uh, many many people who uh, have have written for or been editors of. Uh, Mac World and Mac User and other magazines. I mean, Jason Snell has written for us and right. Shelley McFarland, uh, who is Mac World editor, and Dan Frakes, who's Mac World editor, and, um, Je and, and you know, uh, Kirk McElhern and Glenn Fleischman. Um, so we, we're, I mean, we're, we're experienced. We have been doing, most of us have been working professionally with not just using Macs, but writing about Macs for 20 or 30 years. So we have a lot of experience and we're like, we're ordinary people. You can, you can write to us with questions and we will answer you. And, uh, we, useful. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we're, we like to think that not only do we know our stuff, but we actually care about our readers and we care about the information. And so we want to, we want to make people happy. We want to solve problems. And so we don't think of this, we don't think of ourselves as just a business where, you know, hey, we're putting our product on the shelf and then people buy it or don't buy it. And that's the end of it. Um, we actually want to have a relationship with our customers and find out what they need and what they want, and try to help them and try to, um, you know, the kinds of books that they want in the way they want them. So uh, we, we think that that combination of expertise and like the human touch Mm -hmm. makes us different from a lot of others. Um, we also cover certain topics um, that 
either nobody else is really covering or nobody else is covering in the depth that we do. Right. Um, and so, you know, people are saying, well, you know, I can go on YouTube and learn this, or I can go to uh, some other site and learn that. Like, well, hey, you know, learn things however you want to learn them, but um, you're not going to find uh, another book on some of these topics that goes into the depth that we do. So that's good. That, that's you. kind of the short answer. <laughs> yeah. But I will also say we I mentioned this survey we just did of our readers and um and, and our readers are, are really, really opinionated and they all they all contradict each other. So um <laughs> there there are some people who say, ah, your books are way too detailed. They need to be shorter and more concise. And there are other people who say, ah, your books are way too basic. They need to be much longer and more detailed. <laughs> yes. And like for for any opinion that somebody has, somebody else has the opposing opinion. And so it's it's you know there are people that just hate paper books and people that just hate ebooks like any anything that you can uh, imagine in terms of the price or the content or the length or anything. Um, so we 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 know that we can't please everybody. We do the best we can, but um, I I like to think at least we at least we try more than uh, more than perhaps some publishers do. That's good. Yeah, do you know I was uh, talking to someone this week. Um... I was looking through some reviews of a product. Um, and one of the questions I asked this week was, what is it whenever you look at reviews these days? It's not like you get sort of a general gist of things. You always get people who think it's the best things in sliced bread and mm. people who think it's really horrible and never, ever buy this product. Uh, <laughs> so it, it makes it really difficult to make a decision over what you think of that. And I suppose it's a similar sort of thing with your readership. You know, some people want it more complex and want to go deeper and other people um, just want the basics spelled out. Well, all anybody really wants is something that is tailor-made for exactly their situation and needs. And and in fact, this is what our customers tell us is like, don't make me read a whole book when I just want an answer to a specific question. Can't you just answer my question? Well, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) that's not the business we're in. We we make books. That's what we do here. And 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 I, I hope that most of our books answer most of the questions people have on those topics. But um, but I, but yet I I understand. I am sympathetic. You you didn't want to read a whole book on automation or passwords or whatever. You just wanted to know one specific thing. I I totally understand that. Um, but uh, you know, again, just hard hard to please everybody. Yes. It's a little bit like going on a training course, isn't it? Where you've been doing what what you've got on the training course for, for quite a long while, thinking, I'm not going to get anything out of this. And within 10 minutes of walking into the classroom, you've learned three new things. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Just, just because you know some stuff doesn't mean that there aren't some great stuff waiting in in the case of your books, just on the next page. <laughs> well, that, that's that's certainly what we hope. I mean, even as like I I am pretty much of an Apple expert, but even as I am uh, editing or, or publishing uh, books, other people have have written. I'm like, ah, I didn't know you. How did I never know that you could do this? Uh, you know, our <laughs> authors are un- uncovering yeah. things that I didn't realize, and and I feel like, well, if I didn't know this, then Surely a lot of people don't know this. And so I'm really glad that we can offer this information. Excellent. I mean, yeah, we talked about surveys. Um, 
I know exactly how you feel because um, at my mug, we have a, like, you know, like a yearly survey of the membership um, and it teaches us nothing (laughs) (laughs) because the question, the answers are always, you know, can we have more in-depth subjects? Can we have less in-depth subjects? Can Mm -hmm. we, can Mm -hmm. we have more, more about Photoshop slash less about Photoshop and so on? We end up with a load of totally contradictory information and look at it and go, well, that was useful. (laughs) Well, what you should do is, is ask, well, so on our survey, I I asked what I thought was going to be an uncontroversial question. I asked people at the very end, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? And (laughs) (laughs) well, it, it turns out like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people said, vanilla obviously and hundreds of people said chocolate of course and then there are people saying i will eat nothing but you know ben and jerry's cherry garcia or like i don't know their 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 opinions about ice cream flavors were just as as strong and just as contradictory as their uh opinions about software and books so um but you know but i would i will say that the vast majority of people liked some kind of ice cream there were only a handful of people that says i will not eat ice cream at all so you know for your mug uh you can just say look we're going to have ice cream is that okay with everybody <laughs> exactly <laughs> like um what was it kelly Gamont said about the best the best thing ever about um you know a, a release of a new iphone everything we know about the next iphone there will be one it will sell a lot that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> right. That's it. That's all we. That's all we really know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we will have some mug meetings, and they will be about Apple. That's. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. That's yep. about sums it up. Yeah, and in your case, there will be more books. There will be more books. <laughs> oh dear. Oh right. I, I, I was going to say that as well as that. Um, uh, Paul Cafarsis, when he came on, said. Um, something similar about uh i think it was about fishing but but the point was he said i get endless emails saying fishing is brilliant it's the best it's the best thing it just needs this one extra feature and he says which would be fine except every email has a different feature that it wants added (laughs) and if i added them all it would be a total behemoth (laughs) which kind of would defeat the object Yeah, yeah. Well, before I was uh, an author and, and a publisher, I managed software development for a living. And it was the same thing, you know, people uh, are, are always asking you for new features in your product. And they always feel like, well, th- this is simple. Why can't you just add a checkbox that does this thing? And, you know, you're <laughs> like, well, I can put a checkbox in there, but making that do something might be thousands of hours of work. So. <laughs> yeah. And uh, half of half of the people then email me saying, "Why on earth have you put that checkbox to do that stupid?" That's thing? right. Yeah, I'm not it's, in now the least, it's too cluttered, and I'm not in the least bit interested in. Why have you put it there? That's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You can't please all the people all the time. So I think that just about sums that one up. Oh dear. So um, obviously you're going to be fairly busy in the foreseeable future, then, Joe. And uh, well, I wish you luck with that, mate. <laughs> Well, well, thank you. You know, it's it it, it is sometimes stressful. It's also exciting. Uh, I, uh, you know, we we kind of like the the kind of September October season because 
the fact that there is a lot of new stuff means there's new books. And so people are spending money. And of course we, we enjoy having money. Uh, yeah, we also you. feel like, <laughs> yeah, but we also feel like, uh, you know, we have this obligation, like people expect us to have a book on the new operating systems. They, they like, so I have my, my take control of upgrading to Mojave and I've been doing these take control of upgrading to whatever books since Panther, since 10.3. And uh, many uh, a summer, I think to myself, boy, I sure would like to be doing something else with my summer besides <laughs> writing the next upgrading book. <laughs> I have I have other things I want to write and other things I want to do. But now, you know, our customers are expecting and, and depending on this book. Um, so it can it can get a little bit uh, frustrating in that way, too. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, you know, unfortunately, that's the <laughs> that's the reality of working life, isn't it, Joe? We're all, yes, we're all much is. the same. I have, uh, I have, you know, things that come around. I, I work in print. I, I do graphic design for print, and there are certain uh, things that come around every year. Some of which I look forward to, and some of which I don't look forward to. And when they arrive, it's like, oh, really? But that's it. That's how I make my living. So I just have to grit my teeth and get on with it. <laughs> That's the story. That's the way for all of us, I think. Well, uh, Nick, have you got anything else you wanted to ask Joe? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, no, I don't think so. No? no. All right. <laughs> it's all right. The only other question I was going to ask, and I, I it's sort of a bit offered a bit of a tangent, really, uh, and that is, do you have a house style, or do, does, does everyone write differently, and do you just allow the each author to do their own thing? Oh, we do. That's an excellent question. We do indeed have a house style. So uh, we have our own style. We have our own style guide that. Uh, so back when Take Control Books got started, um, all of the all of the original participants had either written and or edited like conventional books for other publishers. And so we were used to working with different style guides and we had certain expectations like we knew that, you know, O'Reilly does certain things and Wiley does certain things and Peach Pit does certain things. And we're also familiar with Apple's own style guide for their publications. And we're, we're familiar with the, the books like the, the Chicago Manual of Style and so forth. And uh, we, we started writing. We realized, oh, hmm, we, we need to figure out how we're going to do this because we really want for our books to be consistent with each other. And we want to make sensible choices that won't distract or confuse the readers. So, uh, so we developed our own style guide and um, it, it borrowed some elements from apples and some elements from Chicago and some elements from other things. Uh, what we were going for was basically something that we, we feel will, will be easy to read and easy to understand. Um, and uh, the style guide has evolved quite a bit over the years. When I took over, um, there, there were there, let us say that there were some points of editorial disagreement. There, there were some things that Adam and Tanya felt really, really strongly about, uh, or, or, or let's say one or the other of them did. And um, I, I also felt strongly, but in a different way. And uh, once I took the reins, I'm like, you know what? We're not going to capitalize the word web anymore <laughs> because, <laughs> because because people aren't like that's that's just been the the shift in in publications generally is that people have stopped capitalizing that as a word yeah and uh, so I wanted to kind of get with the program and not stick out because we're doing something that nobody else is doing so there there are some things that are like that and there are some things where maybe we haven't haven't quite evolved enough yet. But um, whether people are new authors or experienced authors, 
whether they are accustomed to writing in you know American English or Canadian English or British English, uh, we do have a style guide that we um, just just to make things consistent and understandable. But at the same time, we really want every author to have their own voice. Yeah. Um, and so if if somebody uh, you know we want we don't want it to sound mechanical. We want it to sound like you, whoever you are. So we do give our authors quite a bit of latitude to try different things, to be themselves and, uh, and, and to, to argue with us. Like if, if somebody feel like, you know, I, my personally, I feel very, very strongly that if you're going to write, okay, in print, it's capital O capital K other people feel very strongly that it should be uh, lowercase. Okay. A Y. And, uh, I, I decided that the, the path, the path of least resistance there was to let each author make that decision for themselves. As long as they keep it the same way throughout their book, I will, I will allow them to, to spell okay, however they want. Um, that's maybe, I mean, that's a, that's a silly trivial example, but no, we, I, think that's, we, I think that's really interesting because, um, I think people who don't write books wouldn't even have thought that those were things that needed discussing. <laughs> well, talking about projects i've been working on um a project at, at work it's a, a memoir um that uh it's been you know self-published uh it's a memoir written by um a guy we did another book for uh, he, he was terminally ill so he published a book uh about his father and his father's letters home from the war uh to his mother um and mm-hmm. then he he would had written a memoir um but we couldn't do them both at the same time. So we did the, the book for him uh, about his father's letters and we managed to get that into his hands before he passed away. Um, and then he, he told his wife that he wanted her to publish the, the memoir of his own life, which we've been working on um, and it's nearly done. But yeah, the things that you start finding, of course, she's saying, oh, well, I noticed in the first half of the book, he's... Uh, He's written dates in a certain manner, and then towards right. the end of the book, he's writing them slightly differently. And I think we should be consistent all the way through about, you know, whether he puts, uh, you know, whether he writes February the 12th or the 12th of February and, and such like. And right. these are the sort of things that um, make, you know, that is the polish that makes the difference between it coming out as a professional, you know, published book or just somebody's notes um absolutely and and we we really do sweat those details Uh, one of the things that's been really frustrating for us because we write so much about apple products is that apple really doesn't like to name things i don't know if you've ever noticed this in in apple's like online help or their their web pages or or uh documentation They'll say things, so like you're looking at a, let's say a preference pane and there's various controls there and you you click a thing and that changes the whole interface. And then you click another thing that changes part of it. And and so we want to say, well, first you go to the general tab of the something something pane and then you click this to go to the something view of that tab of that pane yeah. be, because we, we have to we have to be able to give you instructions that are unambiguous. But mm-hmm. Apple doesn't doesn't use that sort of terminology. They just say, first click, you know, system preferences, then click network, then click general. And, and so by by making everything into just a series of instructions, they avoid having to give names to things. So like, what what is that? What am I looking at? Am I looking at a, at a tab? Am I looking at a pane? Am I looking at a view? Um, and and those sorts of things drive us crazy because 
in we we don't have the luxury of just of phrasing everything in terms of instructions, sometimes we have to say, now there's this checkbox in this certain location. Where is that location? Well, I'm not going to tell you to do something with it. I'm just telling you about it. I have to I have to give it, a, a, you know, coordinates somehow. And so um, to the extent that Apple hasn't uh, made some of these things explicit, we've had to say, all right, well, Apple won't help us. Here's what we're going to call this thing. And and that also is something that we've tried to make consistent across, you know, with both within books and across our books. Yeah, that is, that is something because obviously um, within the mug, we have, um, you know, we have our own, uh, you know, email group. And of course, quite mm -hmm. often what, what turns up on the email group will be somebody saying, um, something has happened in my, you know, Apple mail and all of a sudden the view has changed and I cannot do X, Y, Z anymore. And I don't know what I've done or how I did it or, uh, you know, what to do about it. And then you have to try and explain, um, you know, I think that you have accidentally turned off classic view and, uh, right. Yeah. So again, you have to sort of say, right. Uh, so <laughs> go to the Apple mail preferences and press on the, you know, click this tab and then go to that view and look for such and such checkbox. Um, thankfully screenshots are a great, <laughs> yes, a great yes, boon, a great yeah. boon. Am I, um, am I allowed to quote a little bit from one of your publications? Oh, of course. Uh, so I'm looking at your iOS 12, um, uh, um, sample. Yeah. Uh, and it says, uh, you can limit how much time you spend with individual apps and websites each day. Tap the chart in settings, screen time to see the advanced metrics and scroll down to the list of most used apps and websites. Tap an app to see information for that app and tap add limit. You, you dial limit. I can already see that you've actually had to say, oh, well, there's some dials here and that they haven't got names. So we'll have to just say the dials. Yeah, um, there are a whole bunch of things like that in, in iOS where... Uh, you know, especially like in control center and there, there are all these little things, you know, that, you know, like even questions like that thing that I'm looking at that I'm going to click or I'm going to tap, is that a button or is that an icon? Is it on a palette in a dialogue in a window? What is that? And um, so we've, we've had to just kind of decide sometimes and, and sometimes we decide wrong and we later change our minds, but Yeah. Yeah, it, it it is complicated, isn't it? Because you're actually talking about something um, something visual, and um, Apple are quite happy to pop up dial other dialogue box while you're working your way through things. Of course, um, and to be explicit is actually quite hard. I mean, I've tried writing some um, technical information um, for the job that I do, and uh, I find it quite hard to be explicit enough because you 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 write instructions and uh, you part of the way down you make an assumption that you shouldn't uh, and then well, suddenly someone else reading it doesn't understand it yes well this is this is something that plagues us constantly uh because you know going back to your your books are too simple your books are too detailed we we can we can say well i know what i would know coming into this topic but i'm not writing the book for myself i'm i'm who am i writing the book for well, am i writing the book for an absolute beginner and i have to explain where the any key is or do am i writing the book for an expert and i can just use shorthand for a bunch of stuff and i don't have to explain how to open a certain pane of system preferences i just say yeah you know you know where that box is just go ahead and, and check it uh so um 
So do you make that decision at the beginning of writing the book? Well, this is something that's sort of, it's different for each title and for each author. For for me, like my my proxy uh, reader, uh, like the, the, per, the, the person I have in mind when I'm trying to figure out how to explain stuff is my mom or sometimes my wife. <laughs> so the, these are, these are smart people, but just not highly technical people, not, not people who know a lot about this particular subject. Yep. So I try to imagine if I were explaining this to my mom, um, I don't want to insult her intelligence by saying, okay, now, you know, that, that little box next to your computer, that's a mouse. And if you move <laughs> it to the left, the point like, you know, yeah. but I also don't want to say, all right, mom, uh, you, you know, you, you just go into terminal and edit this plist file, and then you know, like, so I'm, I'm, and, and that just so that that's kind of arbitrary for me. Some types, some of our books um, are explicitly written for a more advanced audience. Some of our books are written for uh, a much uh, less advanced audience. I mean, we have a book that the Tanya Angst wrote called "Take Control of Mac Basics," and it's about Mac Basics. So this is this is a book for people who uh, have very little experience with the Mac and are just trying to get their you know, get oriented and and understand what is there and how things work and how to do things. So we, uh, my advice to authors is to have a particular person, and that person might not ever actually read your book, but imagine yourself trying to explain something to this particular person with this level of of knowledge, and let that guide you in how you explain things. It, it's worked really well for me. Uh, not everyone can, you know, the, 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 each author has a different level of, of skill in terms of, of explaining something to a certain type of user. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, I try to always respect my reader's intelligence and, and not, not dumb things down excessively while also realizing that everyone's at a different level. And some people don't just don't know things that are obvious to others. So, uh, it's 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 a challenge, but it's it's one that I think we've we've done a reasonably good job at. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, that, that's great. And uh, I'm just I'm just actually just having a look at the free sample of the Take Control of Mac Basics, and again, that is um, you know like like you, Joe. I mean, I've been working on Mac since the late eighties, and um, right. So <laughs> a lot of it is kind of, uh, I, you know, I started on system six. So I kind of just everything I know has kind of organically been absorbed over the years. Um, right. So sometimes when you're then trying to explain something to somebody who's, you know, a new or a beginner or not particularly um, technical, you know, you, you have to be careful because if you go one way, you go, oh, well, that's like you say, oh, yeah, well, what you want to do is... Uh, go you know go into the library and uh, edit this p list or do this or do mm -hmm. that and they've got that would immediately their eyes would have glazed over um right and we don't we don't want the glazed eyes i mean i you, you've reminded me of uh you know many like 30 some years ago i was uh i was doing some training so i had been hired by a large company to train their employees on how to use a word processor and I was very careful to ask ahead of time uh, what the, the what the existing level of knowledge was of of these people, and they said, you know, oh, we're we're all experienced uh, computer users, and we've used other word processors. We just need to know how to use this particular one. So I'm like, great, that makes sense. I I can I can do that. And then as I was, this is an in person uh, training, and as, as I was 
uh, noticing as I was speaking all these glazed eyes, <laughs> and I started asking people questions. And uh, within a few minutes of, of questioning my class, it came out that some of the people there had literally never used a computer before. So I couldn't, I couldn't assume anything. I couldn't assume they knew how to turn it on. People were asking, why does it have a clock on it? I know what time it is. I have a watch on. I'm like, oh, no. It's like your worst nightmare because all your carefully prepared notes, it's like um, I did a, yeah, in the same way I did a beginner's class uh, at the mug. Uh, mm -hmm. which uh, unsurprisingly consisted mostly of uh, older people who were, you know, had decided to go and buy a Mac. And uh, yeah, it was, some of it was almost like, okay, uh, this is uh, what the trackpad does. And you see mm -hmm. that up there, this is the dock. You know, <laughs> it's like, this is, a... because you get to, you say, shut the window, the window, yeah, the, the thing you're looking at on the screen, you need to close that. Well, how do I do that? Well, you know, and the other thing, of course, if you're doing it live and you're using the presentation, you, you have a habit, or I do, of course, is I'll just close that window and I do Command W. And they're going, how did that window, where did it go? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, right. Hang on. I'll have to show you. You can close it with this button in the top corner, or you can do what I do, which is Command W to send the window away. And so, yeah, all of a sudden, your carefully prepared notes <laughs> go down in flames as you realize That's you're right. going to have to explain the absolute basics of how a, you know, a Windows, uh, you know, Windows icons, menus, pointer, interface is put together. Right. And, and in the case of books, we're, we're not watching these people read. So we don't get that feedback of the, the glazed eyes or the confused expressions. We're, we're, we're just kind of hoping. And we'll get an email saying, um, I totally didn't understand this. And we're like, oh, oops. Um, and so, um, so the, the feedback takes a lot longer and it's a lot less direct. But uh, we, we hope that over you know, many years of doing this, we're, we're gradually getting closer. Well, no, I think, you know, you're, you're successful and you've got a lot of books and a lot of people seem to like your books. So um, I'm sure you're getting it right, Joe. It's, Thank you. Uh, you know, well, we've been talking quite a long time. So uh, I know it's Labor Day weekend there in, uh, in the US. So um, mm -hmm. I'm sure you've got family things you'd like to do. So thank you for coming on and talking to us. Um, well, well, thank you for having me. It's been lovely. No, uh, thank you. It's, it's been excellent. Uh, we, I really enjoyed that. It's you know nice to peek behind the curtain. I think so. Uh, right on. If you'd like to, uh, you know, pimp your wares, uh, go ahead, yes. and then we'll take a break, and and you can go off and enjoy your lovely weekend. Excellent. So uh, our website is takecontrolbooks.com, and uh, we do have some brand new books on iOS 12 and Mojave, but we have all kinds of other stuff. And even if you are not a Mac user, there is some stuff there for you. So we have a lot of books on Apple apps and a lot of books on things like security and privacy, passwords, apps by other uh, developers like, you know, Scrivener and, uh, you know, as, as we talked about Mac basics and automating your Mac and so forth. So, uh, and if you go to our website, uh, be sure there's lots of different categories on the left. The books that show up when you first load the page are not all the books we have. Uh, so you can look through the different categories and you can use our search field at the top to look for something you're interested in. And if you don't see what you're looking for, uh, there's a contact form and you can email us and we're very happy to, to talk to you. So uh, we hope you'll enjoy our eBooks, takecontrolbooks.com and uh, look forward to all kinds of new stuff coming in the, in the next few months.
All right, excellent. Yep, you see, I can see some here, which obviously apply to everybody. Take control of your digital legacy, for example. Yes. Uh, take control of the cloud. Yep. Um, what was the other one I saw? Uh, yeah, take control of passwords. Uh, mm -hmm. Take control of your digital photos. Um, yep. I must have. Um, I must admit, working for an IT company, when I saw your take control of networks, I, I, I thought, oh, that must be, that must be something to do with uh, wearing a pointy hat and uh, <laughs> and waving a stick. <laughs> what is? Is there another way to do it? <laughs> I've always, yes, obviously, of course. Yes, I've always found dancing widdershins around the oak tree at midnight is quite useful in <laughs> right, right. in network management, uh, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Well, Joe, thank you very much for coming on. It's been entertaining and uh, very enlightening. So, as I say, uh, I'll let you go. And me and Nick, I think All we'll right. take a short break while we have some interlude music and we will get a cup of tea. And then we'll come back and Nick and I will talk about the stories of the week. So uh, we'll be back in five, everybody. And we're back. Uh, and now Nick and I, I think, are going to have a look at a few of the stories of the week. Um, as usual, we've attempted to stay away from uh, rumour and prognostication about the September the 12th because, uh, well, it's boring, isn't it, Nick? We don't want to know. I want no, to, I don't want to know. I've been desperately attempting to avoid all stories that say what we know about, you know, the September the 12th event. Uh, yeah, my yeah. colleagues at work are getting very suspicious when I stick my fingers in my ears every few minutes and go, na 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 na. What was that? What was that stupid advert? The thing with the bloke with the fingers in his ears, la la la. Uh, oh, I don't remember. Something industries, your uh, your lighthouse in the fog of information or something. It was a oh, right, it yeah. was a spoof yeah. for some. Uh, <laughs> I found out it obviously didn't take what it was actually for, but there was the one where he put on these stupid finger in ear la 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 headphones. Uh, anyway, <laughs> there we <Yes>. go. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, this week then, um, Apple released a Mac OS High Sierra 10.13.6 Supplemental Update 2 for the MacBook Pro 2018. Um, I've got a link. Uh, Mac Observer had a story on that. Um, unless you have a MacBook Pro 2018, that's of no incident, uh, you know, no consequence whatsoever. But uh, I don't, I don't actually know what they changed. And as is usual with Apple, I think they just said. Um, security and uh, bug fixes or something. Yes. Stability and reliability uh, update. <laughs> so I must admit, I must admit, I find it very amusing these update uh, descriptions. Um, so ten point thirteen point six supplemental update two. Why not call it ten point thirteen point seven? Because then it would only apply to because it's only for the MacBook <laughs> Pro. Oh, I see. There's some uh, sort uh, of yeah. you know yeah. minor patch, probably uh, you know bug fixes <laughs> for the uh, Touch Bar or whatever. I just I think you can get a little bit ridiculous. I mean, is it Firefox that has an incredibly long number? Um, no. Um, I think no, I, it's, it's one I'm, of the browsers, isn't it? Oh, maybe it's what? no. Far, uh, oh, I don't know. Let, let I me know, launch. Um, let me launch Firefox and see. Yeah, what's I know Firefox. Thunderbird is like. 
52.9.1 or something, but that that's bearable. Um, I, yeah, right. I don't know. One of them has a ludicrously long kind of number. It might be Chrome. I don't know. No, Chrome just has like 64 or something, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, where does it say? Um, It'll be in about Firefox, wouldn't it? Uh, uh, no, I can't find it. Never mind. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it's it's quite amusing sometimes to see the uh, the granularity that they will go to. Yeah. Uh, right. So that that was that. Um, and of course, Apple uh, released a beta during the week. Uh, for iOS 12, which had an, an annoying alert in it. Um, and you can find that story all over the web, by the way. It, people went absolutely, um, you know, ape about it. Um, I, I was a bit like, well, it is a beta. You know, this, 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 <laughs> this is what we have. But um, it, it had basically, every time you opened the phone, there was a dialogue there which said... Uh, there is a new version of iOS. Uh, please update, upgrade from the beta. But of course, there is nowhere to upgrade to because uh, there is no uh, not beta release available. Um, but it was mildly annoying. Um, yeah. I was quite busy that day. So uh, I think I only looked at my phone about six times. Um, and in the morning, there was an update. So uh, we need to. These sort of things happen, don't they? I mean, uh, a perfect example. Uh, I've, I do a little bit of um, coding. I wouldn't call it programming. I do a little bit of coding. And um, in Excel, when you're doing VBA, you can switch off the screen because some things you want to do are incredibly much slower if the screen is being refreshed all the while. I mean, to an order of, I don't know, 100, they're ridiculously much slower. Um, so um, if you're editing it, you might want to see what's happening. So you might disable those lines, and you only have to save it without re-enabling them again. And then, then someone comes along and says, "Why has this tool suddenly become so slow?" Yes. Um, so, and I expect it's something like that with this. You know, someone's unticked a box or something while they update something and forgotten to tick it back on again. Yeah. Some basically, uh, somebody's ticked the box that says, um, "Which you because that's what you normally get when when." Um, if you run the betas, when, when the beta finishes and the official release uh, comes out, rather than getting the alert that says oh, there is a new beta, you know, press it, yes. go to software, um, you know, go to the software update to download the new version of the beta, you get that message which says, you know, there is a new version of iOS, please upgrade from the beta, which means we'll take you on to the, the new release. Right. Um, yeah. And then, of course, but uh, somebody turned that on. But it shouldn't be on because there is no new version of the of the of iOS yet. So there as, we go. As you said, as you said, it's a beta, and, and you know, that, yeah. then is the time to find the mistakes. Yeah, and uh, to be honest, uh, the iOS twelve beta has been one of the best betas I've uh, ever you know uh, participated in. Oh, that's good. Uh, um, the number of bugs it was tiny. Oh, you know, well, I'm, I'm not sure. Sh the potential to really break things is there, isn't it? I mean, oh, yeah. When you, that possibility. Uh, if you go onto the public betas, you know, when they first release them. Now, I know there's usually a couple of developer betas before that uh, to yeah. weed out real showstoppers and things that will crash the phone and whatnot. Um, but I had a couple of apps that wouldn't work. Um, and early on, you would occasionally get apps which would open and they'd not be responsive and then close on their own and then when you reopen them they would work 
But, you know, you expect that. If, if you run a beta, you have to expect that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So that's the public announcements. If you are downloading betas. <laughs> exactly. As then, we say. Then all expect the time. that they might not work perfectly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I th- in fact, the only beta that, um, bug of any real consequence that I heard of at all in, in um, the iOS 12 set was um, one was released to developers, which made the phone slow down like really, really slow down. Oh, right. Um, and within about 12 hours, that was pulled, so no more developers could download it, um, and replaced shortly after with a, you know, a later build where the problem was fixed. So that never even made it to the public beta because that was that was pulled out, um, which is exactly why the developers have a beta first, because if somebody accidentally introduces a showstopper, uh, they find it and it doesn't make it to, out to the public. But, yes, uh, and they don't get four billion bug reports. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. Although, you know, betas are still betas, public or otherwise. Yes. Uh, right, there we go. Um, Apple have, of course, announced their September event, which Yay. is titled Gather Round, Nick, with a cryptic sort of bronzy circular thing. Yeah. With several rings on it, which could mean all sorts of things. Uh the the only one I saw, which I thought um, was uh, you know a comment, somebody said, "Well, perhaps it's not as cryptic as you think. It's gather around because we're all going to the Steve Jobs Theatre, which is round, and uh, all of you punters be will be yeah. gathering around the circle <laughs> to listen to what we have to say." I thought that one was quite a good take. I'm sure people will have all sorts of other weird and wonderful speculations. I mean, it looked a bit like a like a home butt. So I, I don't know. Somebody might make something out of that. Although I'm pretty sure the home button is going away. Then we'll... I, I reckon the um, I reckon Apple really do. They like the fact that people get all excited about these things and speculate. And at this point, Apple are really sort of trying to generate it by making their stuff as cryptic as possible. I, I think they have actually. Yes, I think they've uh, made that into an art form now of uh, yes. Yes. allowing people to, you know, the criminology of Apple invitations. <laughs> but this one really is cryptic. It's just yeah. these weird Apple are building rings. a spaceship. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um. Uh, here's a couple of other stories. So, yes, the September event is on the 12th, um, and I'm not going to make any uh, attempt to uh, indulge in rumouring or uh, anything else like you, Nick. I'm happy to wait and see what Uncle Tim unveils. Um, Indeed. uh, Anyway, it's more fun that way. I don't want, you know, otherwise you watch it and it's like, yeah, read about that already, heard about that, knew that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. What what was so exciting? I mean, I, I've watched it again recently. What was so exciting about the Apple and the uh, iPhone announcement is that very few people saw it coming. No, there'd been some uh, rumours about it, hadn't they? But, had, but, but, but no one saw no one saw exactly what came at all. No, and, and so as a consequence, you know, you can't help but watch it. And get excited seeing it again. Oh, yeah. You went, because it has that sort of buzz about it. It's, and Steve uh, was just such a fabulous showman. So the yes, thing where yes. he's stalking up and down going, so it's, you know, it's an iPod. It's an yeah. internet browser. It's a telephone. Are you getting it yet? <laughs> and the crowd are getting, I'm talking about whipping the crowd up into a frenzy. Yeah, I mean, they absolutely. literally were cheering. Um, Now, this one... uh. The Cult of Mac had a story, um, and so have several other people, by the way, as this has come out. The most popular Apple Watch probably isn't the model you might expect. Um, if 
if you have not read this yet, what would you say is, uh, would you guess is probably the most popular Apple Watch? Oh. I mean, uh, if you've read it, it kind of... <laughs> kind of yeah, defeats... I have, no, I haven't read it, so I don't know. Um, is it the second gen one? It is, in fact, the Apple Watch Series 1. Oh, really? Yes. Um, uh, what... Popular in... So that's popular in what sense? Uh, as in, uh, Just it's the biggest sold. seller. Yeah, it's the biggest yeah. seller, apparently. Um Actually, I, I have to say, I, I wasn't surprised by that, actually. When I read it, I kind of thought, I'm betting it's probably the cheapest one. Um, yeah, could be. Because the Series 1 is the cheapest one. Obviously, the Series 0, uh, which is what I have, uh, is a very nice product, but it's already becoming obsolete, which is typical when you buy the first gen anything. Yes. Um, much like the first gen iPad was obsolete in, what, three years, I think? Uh, but the iPad 2, which followed it, was uh, made it all the way up to iOS 9 before it was um, no longer supported. So that was about five or six years. So anyway, um, but the yes, it's the uh, it's the Series One Apple Watch, which is probably what I'm going to get. I, I'm hoping to replace my uh, my Series Zero because I don't need GPS, uh, which is what you get in the Series Two. I think no, no, that's the three. No, the three, the three gets cellular calling, doesn't it? If you uh, want. sorry, cellular, yes, yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I don't think there's GPS in the one. I think it's the one was uh, upgraded yes, processor. Right. It's like a, it's really the Series Zero Mark Two, which would be everything I need. Uh, GPS is in two, and the cellular calling. If you want to pay more money to your telecom provider, um, <laughs> and in this country you have to go with EE, whether you like it or not. Um, so there you go. Apparently, the the most basic watches that, that didn't surprise me just because of the cost. I I just think unless yeah. you are a, you know, unless you're either a dedicated sort of hardware fan or you're very much into you know using it for running, then unless you're someone like me and you manage to get a good deal on on the company um, classified ads. Web page is where I got mine. Well, yeah, um, you know, I'm sure and, would, and it uh, was uh, it was a, a reasonably discounted, and I thought, oh, I think I might go for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that I I would not say no to a two or or a three uh, yeah. at the so, right so price. Mine's a, mine's a two. Yeah, um, but, I think uh, I paid I think I paid about two hundred for it. Yeah, I think I mean I paid one hundred and fifty for my Series Zero when the Series One was released. So yeah. I'd be you know I'm sort of hoping that. Uh, when the four comes out, the price of a series one might be, uh, you know, might drop down to a price I'm prepared to pay. I'll be interested to see what, what they manage to, what more they can put in it really. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's unless uh, it's just a new design. Who who knows? Who knows? We, we shall see. We shall see. Um, Here's one for you, Nick. This one's for you, isn't it? Apple self driving test car. Uh, gets rear-ended by a Nissan Leaf in Apple's first ever autonomous car project crash. Uh, that's because the Nissan Leaf was jealous. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, if you read it, apparently no blame has been assigned by the, uh, you know, by the local police or whatever. But to be honest, it sounds to me, if you get rear-ended, it's pretty much a case of whoever was driving the, you know, Nissan Leaf car. was yes. not paying proper attention. Um, yeah. And Alistair, Alistair, it wasn't me. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was nowhere near there on I that was day. Nowhere near, was it Santa Monica or wherever the hell it was? Uh, yes, I'd have to go quite a long way to get my car there, I must admit. Um, I, I don't think, I mean, as far as I can make out from the report, um, it says here, um, right, this isn't indicative of Apple's progress on self-driving cars in any way, really, as most self-driving accidents are actually caused by human error. Um it's interesting, however, that so many companies operating autonomous vehicles in pilot tests report crashes that involve being rear-ended. Um, and I guess I can make a probably make a fairly good stab at why that is, I'll be honest. And that is, I suspect that at junctions, self-driving cars are rather more risk-averse than human beings. And, yeah, that's uh, I probably can, true. I can imagine, for example... Uh, people assuming that the car in front is going to simply, uh, you know, merge into the traffic at the junction or whatever, but only slowing down, not actually stopping. And the car in front actually stops as it's supposed to do at the stop line and gets, um, it gets rear-ended and gets yeah. rear-ended by the human who, you know, in a normal human manner is assuming that it will just drive on regardless. Um, yeah, well, I'm feeling very sad at the moment because, um, I had a few days off work a couple of weeks ago and decided to go to Brooklands. There's a museum at Brooklands on the old Brooklands racetrack. And I thought that looks interesting, but it's in Weybridge in Surrey and I'm in Birmingham. So that's a fair drive. It's about 125 miles. Um, And for the Americans, that's just around the corner. (laughs) And um, uh, so I, I set off, got held up in really bad traffic on the M40. There was an accident and I got held up and, and then when I got there, the car park was pretty full, and there was someone reversing down a, 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 a between cars. And I, I thought, oh, I better reverse up and give them a bit of a bit of room. And didn't check my mirrors, did I? So, oops. Unfortunately, there's a, a Toyota Yaris now somewhere in the country that has a, a nice dent in their um, wheel arch, okay. and I've got a big dent in my bumper. So the worst the worst outcome of the whole thing is that from Tuesday I'm going to be driving a petrol car again. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> While it's in for repair. While it's being repaired. Oh dear. I have to say I hate car parks. I, I really do because um people drive around car parks like often like they're out on the road. Yeah, and, yes and they do. People reverse out without looking. People do all sorts of crazy and things. And shopping car parks are incredible because people don't seem to realise, even though they've just got out of a car, that there are actually cars moving. No, they just walk people <laughs> and they wander just around. Walk everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, oh yeah, that, that's my favourite. I'll be backing my car out, you know, of a parking space. Yes, and, and people uh, walk behind. And you. people walk directly behind me, and my you know rear collision alerts go berserk. And you think, what you think, my car that weighs nearly two tons is not going to hurt you if it hits you. What are you, you know, are you made out of adamantite or something? Because uh, yes. are you indestructible? No, I bet my car will yeah. end Mr. less Dent, than Mr. Dent, Mr. Dent, do you know how much damage this that will happen to this bulldozer if I let it run over you? No, how much? None, None whatsoever. <laughs> None at all. Oh dear. Right. Um. So there we are. Um. Sorry, that was a quote from the Hitchhiker's Guide. Yes, that is indeed those who who aren't aware who Arthur Dent and uh, Ford Prefect are. Okay. Um, Apple have bought an AR glasses company. Oh, interesting. Yes. Now, this one did catch my attention because, as listeners know, I'm I'm big on this. I'm big on this. Give me my augmented reality glasses right now. Never mind a flying car. Sod that. (laughs) Um, You know, I've I've been playing with... um, 
an Oculus Go for a little while now. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, and it's VR, not AR, but I love it. It's absolutely brilliant little bit of kit. Excellent. Check it out. If you, you know, all you people out there listening, all, all two of you, um, <laughs> uh, go out there and get one. They're, they're really cool bits of kit. Uh, but of course, hold your money back for the AR glasses as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so here we have uh, Apple has just bought robotic contact lens and AR glasses startup called Aconia Holographics, the company revealed today. Uh, well, oh, in a week, that was. Yeah. Um, they have developed the technology capable of displaying full-color, wide-view images on a thin, transparent piece of glass, such as a contact lens. Ah, oh, this is what we want. The technology could potentially be used for glasses, mobile displays, or computer screens. Uh, the first commercially available volume holographic reflective waveguide optics for transparent display elements in smart glasses. And as they've described there, how succinct. <laughs> um, it's got to be, an. they'll have to make an acronym out of it in some way. Yeah. Um, right. So despite this, it's likely that Apple is simply interested in the patents that they hold. Yeah. Um, Right, uh, but that's what that's what that's what people want, isn't it? I and mean, if we are going to have AR glasses, people want them to look like normal glasses. Yes, yes, they're going to need to look like you know fashionable sunglasses, aren't they, or, or similar? Nobody's yeah. going to want to walk around with, um, you know, uh, the uh, Hugo Gernsback uh, television glasses, which was the, <laughs> uh, which was the picture I used for the is is the AR future here yet? Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, there we go. Um, cool. Combine this with Apple's seeming interest in augmented reality and you've got a smart business acquisition. So uh, that's over at Alpha. That's A-L-P-H-R.com uh, uh, if you want to read that. But also if you just search, I'm sure that's all over the web. But that did catch my eye. Um, yes, I'm rubbing my hands with glee on that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh Apple have decided that all apps will re be required to have a privacy policy going forwards. Uh, fair enough, I think. Um, this is in line with their, uh, you know, Apple's new policy that uh, no app should be uh, asking permission or acquiring data about you that isn't relevant to the um, actual, you know, uh, functionality of the application. So yeah. there is no reason for a photo editor to need access to your uh, contact list, for example. Um, it's quite interesting that when you go to this website, you have to uh, agree to their <laughs> privacy policy. Yes. <laughs> yes, there's everything you have to agree to the privacy policy. I've also, I'm quite glad now that a lot of them now have this, uh, a lot of websites now. It's somewhat annoying that you get one every time, but saying, you know, um, do you agree to our cookies? And then you can, the, the better ones, I yes. say the better yeah. ones have a, I reject all non-essential cookies. Um, although a lot of them make you do it by hand, just in the hope, I guess, that you'd get bored of ticking them all off. But uh, yeah. there we are. Um, well, there's not a lot to say about that, is there really? I mean, Apple have specifically said everybody has to have a privacy policy. Um, yeah, seems, seems sense to me. Um, Right, uh, we'll move on. There's only one security story. Uh, it's from the Business Insider. Sorry, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> um, if your mobile phone is running slowly or losing battery, it may have been hacked to mine cryptocurrency. Um, 
right, well, there you go. Um, there's not Mark, was, to... Mark was in one of those um, <laughs> moods last week, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he totally went off about the cheese. Um, well, it wasn't really the cheese, I don't think. It was just the inanity of the article. I don't think he had a problem with the cheese truck per se. Although, uh, no. if, if you looked at the picture of the toasted sandwiches they were making, they looked like a carnival of cholesterol. There's a veritable <laughs> heart attack in a sandwich. Um, they were putting about half a pound of cheese and a you know, a pint of melted butter before Ouch. they were cooking it. It really did look like <laughs> blimey. That'll kill you. Harden your arteries just looking at the photograph. Um, <laughs> there we go. Although Mark has said to me, I need to issue a statement saying I do not actually have a problem with cheese. <laughs> uh, no, I think it was the inanity of the article that uh, that wound him up. Um, yes. So, yes, Business Insider. uh Unsurprisingly, it points out, especially on Android, um, you know, if your phone runs hot and so on, you might have been hacked, uh, crypto jacked, as they're calling it. Uh-oh. Yeah, oh, dear. Um, right. Uh, yes, there's a, oh, uh, phones with bendable, flexible screens are closer than you think from CNET. Uh, it's this old uh, story resurfacing. this for so long, haven't Yeah. They? Well, people are still working on it. That's the thing I know for a fact that, uh, I mean, you know, people have. Uh, you know, been working on it and are still working on them. I mean, for example, the uh, was the rollable TV screen, wasn't there, that was at uh, yes. uh, CEX, I think. Um, so phones with flapping folding screens are closer than you think. Ultra-thin displays which fold, flaps, f- can fold, flex, or flap in the wind. Um, I'm, and... just conv- I'm just not wholly convinced that people really want this. Mm, I if if I could see a really a real practical application of it that where that people would look at it and think, oh yes, this is one of those things where I didn't even know I wanted it, but I really do. But yeah, I, I struggle with it. I must admit. I must. I the main the main thing I can see with it, well, like the like the roll up TV from yeah. CEX that I could see because basically, you know, instead of having that horrible honking great TV on the wall, which is just a black square most of the time. Yes, you could literally um, get a tube out of your pocket. <laughs> well, yeah, or in this case, you know, it's like it, it could be fitted to the ceiling and, the, you know, it can come down like a projector screen. Um, so that was quite nice. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. How bendy do you want your phone to be? I, I could well, maybe yeah. imagine it for, for a tablet. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing there's a lot of these people out there who want to... They want to have foldable tablets, don't they? That... But uh, I mean, I've seen, I've seen um, like sort of scroll-like devices that they've suggested might work, where you have two bars that you just pull apart from one another, and the screens in between. Mm. But I mean, people don't even people don't like even looking at their phones. They, you know, they prefer to use their thumb. Yeah. Um, and if they want to be in that quick, that they certainly don't want to spend, you know, twenty seconds opening their phone, and scrolling it out. No, I um, mean they've got this thing, you know. Again, they've got this one in here, ones that could wrap around your wrist. I can't see why the hell you would want to do such a stupid thing. Well, does that mean when you want to look at a picture, you have to keep moving your wrist backwards and forwards? Yeah. Uh, or, well, or is it yeah. supposed to straighten out when you? T- I don't know. Um, no, I, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent convinced. And I think that's why they. They've never got anywhere with it, really. <laughs> well, I think they're still they're still working on the, you know, they're still working on it. I think um, I'm sure sooner or later someone will get it to work properly, and someone 
we'll come up with a use case which makes sense and then it will be you're but, probably right but ben, bendy bendy phones i'm i'm not convinced of and um, i think only people who were in love with their um motorola razors want flip phones back um with mm. you know i'm i'm i don't know I don't know. Maybe if Apple made a, you know, a flip phone iPhone where it folded open, uh, maybe someone I'd somewhere be... obviously thinks this is a good idea. So perhaps yeah. someone, someone can see further than I can. But uh, I, I'll wait and see. <laughs> yeah, as it says here, um, Apple, for instance, has patents for a foldable phone with a flexible display. Uh, Samsung is reportedly working on a phone with an unbreakable OLED screen, which is flexible. Um, Oh, that's got that word unbreakable in it. Mm. Is that like unlimited? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it? well, it's unbreakable, but in certain circumstances. <laughs> in certain, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a company here, Roy, Royoli's bendable phone design envisions a wraparound device you can use straightened out like a candy bar phone or wrap around your wrist. Oh, um, I see. Yeah, they've mm. got a little mock-up, haven't they, here? Mm. Maybe I'm, I'm again. I'm not really convinced by that, but who knows? Fashion is a very strange thing. Uh, it, is. It, it is. It is. I mean, I, I mean, maybe, and maybe that's right. Perhaps, perhaps people would like a larger phone, but they don't actually want a larger. Sorry, a larger watch. No, but they, but they don't want a larger. Sorry, they want a larger screen on their watch, but they don't want the watch to be larger, if you see what I mean. Yes. And perhaps a bendable screen? Would, uh, maybe. I don't maybe, know. Maybe. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. That's a, unlike the AR, I'm, maybe I just don't have a big enough vision, Nick. Maybe. Uh, but, yes, it's this thing's been bouncing around for years and nothing of any consequence appears to have come out of it yet. So we shall see. Watch this space. Yeah, you know, um, maybe Apple will come out like, you know, like with the iPhone and produce something that everybody suddenly goes, I didn't even realise I wanted that thing and now I want it desperately. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Um, the other technology story, one we were mentioned in the in while we were having our break, uh, Nick, is this uh, women call for a pregnancy mode in fitness and health apps, um, which is on uh, in the independent. Um, I'm surprised there isn't already something for it. Yes, I, would, you know, I, I, I was quite of... surprised, and and unsurprisingly, it says, uh, you know, apps which fail half the population aren't successful apps. Doesn't matter if you're in startup, men should not be the default. Um, mm. And and the gist of this basically is that uh, women who you know use their fitness apps or smart scales or whatever um, are complaining that when they become pregnant their apps start uh, chiding them that they are either, you know, that they're gaining weight and doing less, uh, <laughs> doing less exercise <laughs> and uh, increasing their calorie intake. Um, so, yeah, I, I am quite su surprised by this. Um, what's it say here? Um, Swapna Krishna discovered her workouts don't account for the changes that come with pregnancy. Um, it became apparent that many other women had experienced similar issues. Uh, without a pregnancy mode, she explains she's getting really tired of my smart scale and exercise apps telling me off for gaining weight and uh, reducing my activity. So, yeah, I'm sure that would be very, very annoying. Um, so, yes, if you're involved in making fitness apps or products, think about <laughs> women who might get pregnant. Yes, good idea. I think the health act has given up chiding me because it thinks, you know, I'm never, it's never going to win. <laughs> um, 
Okay, well, we're nearly at the end, really, Nick. Uh, I've got a for just a snippet. Um, bundle Hunt have uh, released uh, their latest uh, bundle, which uh, it, it costs five dollars to unlock the bundle, and then you can select select the apps you uh, want out of. I think there's about forty apps that you can pick from, um, and they're all at big discounts, um, sort of anywhere between seventy-five and ninety percent off. A lot of them. You know, um, I, I much preferred it when they did the. Twenty nine ninety five ones where you just selected the ones you wanted out of it. Well, this rather one rather than one, these buying adding the money on a bit at a time. Well, this one, it, what you do is you pay your five dollars to, um, you know, uh, sort of open your basket, and yes. then you you pick the apps you'd like, uh, which are all discounted. So and I know they, I know it probably works out the same in the end, but. I still well, preferred the, it the other way. <laughs> I, I think the I think the problem with the other one where you used to get, you know, here's twenty apps and they're tw- I don't know, twenty dollars or whatever. Yeah. Um it was always, you know, you'd think, oh well there's one app in there I want and nineteen apps I just get because, you know, I want to get that other app. Um Yeah, no no I meant that, that at one point they did uh actually it might not have been bundle hunt, but at one point one group were doing twenty nine ninety five and then you selected a number of apps from the apps that were available. Oh, oh, yeah. Is um, that not Mac Heist? They did. Oh, something. yes, I think it was Mac Heist. Yeah, where they yeah, would have yeah. like here's fifty apps, and you pay yeah. your twenty nine ninety nine, and then you can pick like. Pick. I prefer personally prefer that model, but there you go. I probably the fact is I've probably bought most of the stuff that I want from the Mac. So <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, uh, I'll be fair. I looked at this bundle hunt um, bundle, and there's about forty apps, and then uh, to be honest, there was none that took my fancy, even at like a dollar. But. Uh, there we go. It doesn't mean that they're bad apps. Just means there's nothing nope. there that appeals to and I'm me. I'm sure there are people out there all finding find them very useful. Well, so. yeah, yeah. There's a good selection. I I believe the current when I looked, the current, there were about twenty seven thousand licenses downloaded or something uh, at that no, point. Very good. So, you know, um, there we are. Uh, worth of chirps. Quick worth of chirps. Um, uh, Donnie sent us this one from Mashable, which is celebrate Labor Day with the coolest paper airplane ever created. Um, which is basically, as you would expect, a very cool paper plane. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, there we go. Uh, it's apparently raised nearly half a million dollars on Kickstarter. Um, it's a, a live life. streaming paper airplane drone uh, using Google Cardboard, apparently. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? So there we go. That was from Donnie. Um, it's $105, mind you. Ouch. <laughs> Maybe it's not quite so cool then. <laughs> yeah. Just, ooh, dear. Um, there we are. Uh, that was that one. Um, you can now download uh, Reader 3 app for both iOS and the Mac for free. Um, right. I don't know if that's a limited uh, offer or if they've just gone free uh, flat out. Um, I've, I've used Reader 3 on iOS for some time because I, I think that was free. But I never had it on the Mac uh, because you had to pay for it. So uh, I have downloaded it. Although I have to admit, I don't use RSS readers half as much as I used to because um, I use Apple News a lot more. Right. <clears throat> um, and not that I don't have, you know, I do because a, an RSS feed will keep you up to date on, on sites who, who, you know, that you follow who have posted something new. But what I do like with Apple News is the fact that you kind of get away from the echo chamber. Um, I get all sorts of things in my Apple News feed, whether I want them or not, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, sometimes yeah. a good thing, I think, sometimes. So I don't have to, uh, I, I get a little bit more than the echo chamber. Um, 
And finally, Affinity Beta, uh, Affinity Publisher Beta is now here from Serif. Oy! Yes, hey, oh, it is. Jolly good. I'll yep. download that, definitely. Yep. Go. That's what um, I'm, I'm doing that next. <laughs> yeah, it is, the, it is the first build. Um, I already found a bug in it. Um, yeah, right. Minor, minor, and but irritating, which was when I attempted to... Uh, when I attempted to adjust the number of decimal places that the measurements work to, yes. uh, there's a slider, and I slid the slider from, you know, like one decimal place to three decimal places, and then the slider wouldn't go away. Ah, right. Um, and remained on my screen. I have reported it. Um, I'm not the only person to have reported it, and it is beta build one, so, you know. Um, Jolly good. But it, it looks interesting. looks interesting. Yeah, something but, to play uh, with. It, has, it does have bugs in it. It's a beta, people. Don't start squealing. <laughs> and that i think nick is pretty much all of the stories for the week so uh cool there we go so uh i guess it's time where we just we just do the wrap up so uh thank you for coming on nick as ever um that's all right thank you for having me as always it's always a pleasure always a pleasure so uh would you like to announce your uh twitter Yes, it's Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. Right, and uh, I am... Oh, and of course, sometimes you're on Bart's Let's Talk, aren't you? I am. Yes, I noticed an invite turn up a couple yes. of days ago. I've, uh, I can't do that because it's my daughter's birthday, so I can't, I can't be on that one. But ah, uh, right. I, uh, Gazmaz has put in, uh, put in to be on it. So if is you're it on Tuesday? It, it is Tuesday. Uh, no, I can't do Tuesday either. So. It's t- Tuesday, uh, sort of early evening Tuesday, because unsurprised as Bart, uh, as Bart works in um, education. Oh uh, uh, yeah, of course they're back, and or they're about to be back. He's yeah. kind of got to sort everything out. Um, so until about mid to late September, he's probably going to be rushed off his feet. Um, oh, right. There we are. I am, of course, on the Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, the show is at Essential Apple. The website is uh, EssentialApple.com, and you can find our stuff on my Mac. You can find it on... Uh, I've gone completely blank. <laughs> <laughs> you can you find us so on... many times i know uh you can now find us on spotify and soundcloud and youtube so uh i think that will do for this week nick um and uh we'll be back next week goodbye everybody bye you've been listening to the essential apple podcast and i'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both patreon and the pinecast tips jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show Uh, or even if you're really keen you could set up a recurring payment and thank you very very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh... Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Bart Pushots, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.